Welcome listeners to another inspiring season of the JMT Media Podcast. I'm your host, Jacqueline Tecarate, and I'm thrilled to have you join us on this journey of exploration, growth, and transformation. In this season, season four, we're diving deep into a theme that resonates not only within the realm of business, but also in the very hearts of our communities, peace within your business and within your community. It's a season dedicated to unraveling the threads that connect inner harmony, successful enterprises, and the well-being of the societies we live in. Hey, y'all. Welcome to season four of the JMT Media Podcast. I am your host, Jacqueline Tecarate, and a lot has happened in the past, oh gosh, six months. Um, Recently, our team was nominated for Crane's Business top executives in New York City, which is a huge feat. Um, So shout out to my amazing team here at JMT Media. Also, we had a celebration from the students for the New York City Digital Media Center. The first year of our cohort, they all graduated. We were able to make sure that they got job placements, including college placements, which is the most important thing. And, you know, life is grand and good. But this season of our podcast, we really wanted to focus on entrepreneurs that are finding peace, that are that's directing them into their passion. And so, you know, if you've been following with us for the past three seasons, we've talked to everyone from elected officials to nonprofit executives to award-winning Shark Tank owners and small businesses near and far. And this season, I really wanted us to focus on things that provide peace, that are guiding us in our passion. And so I had an opportunity to meet this amazing, amazing guest uh, several months back, actually. She has her own podcast called the MWBE Times, and she is just a force to be reckoned with. Um, But one of the things that I found fascinating about her is she is like me in the sense of collaboration is key and sharing is key. And so that has really propelled her business to really amplify all of their services within the business world on a national stage and a small business stage. Um, She recently was the moderator and panelist for the New York Women in Business discussion. And it was so incredible to learn about this billion dollar club, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, So I'm going to bring on Miss Angela Ramirez. Are you there, Angela? Hello, my dear. Hello, beautiful lady, Angelina. Sorry, sorry. So first off, Welcome. Good morning. Good afternoon. I'm so excited to have you on. Um, You are just a breath of fresh air when I talk about entrepreneurship and collaboration. You know, the last season I alluded to not too many times. um, Nobody really gives you guidance on when you start a new business. Nobody tells you, okay, this is how you build the relationship. This is how who you're supposed to connect with. And so you've built a business off of that. And so if you can just give our readers a little bit of information about your business um, and then a little bit about the MWBE Times as I drink my coffee. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, you know, after grad school, I went into corporate America. I was there for 10 years, didn't really like it. And then I pivoted to nonprofit. But in essence, I was working for someone. 
for 18 years. And then <laughs> I pretty much, you know, jumped into this world of entrepreneurship and it's it's not easy. I actually, the first year was quite stressful for me. Yeah. And I got a little sick actually. I, I even got a little bit of an ulcer because, you know, it, it's, uh, it, it takes a lot to understand the fact that you have to, you know, not only get clients, but then at the same time, you know, manage the projects, do yeah. your accounts receivable and payable. So, so it's a lot, but you know what, it, the perseverance and, and positive attitude definitely help, you know, with, with that. So we're in uh, year five of the Amblin group. And, you know, to your point, what we started doing is, is I don't want to say very different, but I, I have very much focused on what I'm passionate about. Yeah. And, what that has meant is that I've had to seed control. <laughs> I'd have, I've had to. No, an entrepreneur that has to <laughs> delegate. No, never, never. <laughs> and, and I'm not going to lie. I'm not very good at it. Right. At the beginning. We're Virgos. Uh, we found out in the, the, the digital green room that we're both Virgos. So yeah. it is very hard to delegate and relinquish that power because we're perfectionists. We're like, we want to do it a certain way, a certain style. And, you know, in business, um, everything cannot be perfect. No, everything no. cannot be perfect. And yeah. also if, if you collaboration to your earlier point is key. And, you know, um, I remember when, when I first started, you know, um, learning marketing and we talk about competition and direct and indirect. And I've, I've really changed my mindset because, you know, if, if people were to look at your company and mine, they're like, Oh, they do have two communications and they do do marketing and they both do, you know, even now lobbying. Right. And I am not a believer of that at all. The, the pie is so huge and yeah. our relationship only means that we can do things bigger, better, stronger. I, you know, and also I, I've realized that I want to, I stay in my lane mm -hmm. and, and I've been really working on that vibration of understanding what my lane is, what brings me joy and what I'm passionate about and kind of staying in that lane and saying no. Yeah. Uh, I didn't say no a lot before, uh, but I say no quite often. Yeah. And I, I send work to colleagues and friends that can do it because you can't do it all, uh, no. in my opinion. I I have to agree with you on that. You know, there are some prospective clients that come to us and people are like, what do you mean you didn't work with them? That's a great brand. That's a great. I'm like, yes, it is. But if it's not what my mission or my focus is, you know, I, I'm not going to produce the best creative designs or the press campaigns, et cetera. And so not every client is the one for you. That doesn't mean that they're bad or anything. It's just if we're not on the same vibration, like you mentioned, it's not a bad thing. It just means like I'm not going to be the best person for you. Right. It's talking about that positive energy coming through the door when you feel it. it's like you immediately I knew that I loved you when I met you because I was like, ah, I love her vibration. I love what she's giving off. But you're absolutely right. You also touched on something else that at face value, you're absolutely right. People would say, why is the Amblin Group and JMT Media even their competitors? Mm -hmm. Because we not only stay within our lane, but we also have a different passion of types of clients that we work with. And so there's going to be opportunities that I'll be able to pass things on to you, et cetera. Um, 
But I want you to talk about the billion dollar circle because, and I want to transition into that because when we talk about your own lane, first off, there are city contracts, Mm -hmm. there's state contracts, and then there's federal contracts. And what I alluded to at the beginning of the intro was that you were a moderator for the New York Women in Business panel. And when you dropped this gem about billion dollar circle, I was like, Como, what? I'm like, who, what, where, what, what is this? I had never heard of it. And so you, I want you to enlighten our viewers that are watching this on YouTube, but also those that are tuning in to iTunes and Spotify. Like, can you talk a little bit about what that tier is? What, what yes. is billionaires? Round table. Okay. So I'll just start because you, you, sh- you could have talked a little bit about it. So when we talk about contracts, generally people only think about contracting with public sector, just what you mm-hmm. mentioned, right? So, and New York, obviously very robust uh, yeah. when it comes to MWB. So New York City has their own certification. Some of our agencies like the Port Authority and the MTA, the state has their own, other states have their own. Yeah. Florida, Maryland, New Jersey, California, just to name a few, all of them, you could get certified as an M or a W as a minority or woman and get government contracts. Mm -hmm. And to your point, even the federal government has certifications, whether you're a woman, whether you're a small business, whether you're a veteran, et cetera. So public sector, very robust. What people generally don't know is that there are private sector certifications as well. So, and there are many, but the ones that are the most, um, I guess, best known. NMSDC, which is for minorities. WeBank, which is for women. There's one even for LGBTQ, one for veterans, and one for the disabled. Okay. So if you're interested in getting contracts with Fortune 1000, with corporate America, right, then that's the certification you should get. And then um, What's even more interesting is that there's something very exclusive called the Billion Dollar Roundtable. And what that is, is it's approximately 32 companies, U.S. companies, that have exceeded over a billion dollars with their procurement when it comes to giving contracts to minorities and women. And uh, they've made that commitment. Right. So like a, a, a JP Morgan Chase is an example or a Verizon is an example. Very coveted, very difficult. But these are amazing companies that you should target because you know that they have robust procurement programs, supplier diversity programs. They are super committed and, and they really do put their money where their mouth is because every year, uh, you know, th- there is a nonprofit that determines whether they've reached that billion dollar threshold. Yeah to maintain their status. It's very elite status. And a lot of corporate entities want to be on it. But like I said, only 32 or so are on it because it's it's uh, it's not easy. And it requires a team and it requires dedication. And these companies have, have really shown commitment to supplier diversity. So it's a, it's a really great program. I love that. I love, I mean, and how did you find out about this? Because when you mentioned this at the panel discussion, Honestly, I wasn't even thinking about the private sector. I was only thinking about, you know, on the city side, because that's what Mm -hmm. I deal with. And it was like that saying, you don't know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. And so when I found that out, I was like, what am I doing with my life? (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, the thing is, is this, right? For the construction of highways, they're going to buy materials. They're not really going to buy chocolate. So what I said to her is getting private sector certification would make a lot more sense. So for example, many moons ago, I used to work for American Express. American Express has a cafeteria where their employees go and eat. So they would probably procure your chocolate for their employees. They have a company store so that when their employees in the afternoon need a little snack, they would go and buy that chocolate. Or Amex will buy chocolate maybe to give to their clients or to their employees or to their vendors. So again, it's, it's important for you to understand what your product is and who really is in the market for buying your product. So once I, I really understood that, I really started to delve into the different private sector certifications. Now, mind you, there are businesses that work for public and private, such as your business, Jacqueline, right? Marketing, both public and private sector need that. Construction, facilities, cleaning, all of those are examples that work for both the public and private sector. And so once you delve into private sector, then you really want to understand, okay, who really is committed, who is doing lip service or who's committed and billion yeah. dollar round table, definitely committed. That's amazing. That's amazing. Now let's talk about the passion. Like how did you get involved in this like world, right? Um, like for me getting the MWBE certification was simply because I was told, hey, you're a minority woman business, get your certification. Um, and that's how I learned about it. But how did you get involved into like really being an industry leader and talking about this and giving guidance and advice? You know, I really fell into it. I'm not even going to lie. So um, at the when I was the executive director of a nonprofit focusing on economic development, that's where I established relationships here in New York with elected officials and city agencies. And I learned a lot about MWB certification with the city. And I even recommended it to a lot of the small businesses. Then when I left, I actually went into, um, into the medical industry and I lasted two weeks. I've, oh, never, okay. I've never quit a job in my life. You were like, and, and scene, I'm done. <laughs> two weeks. Um, and so I thought, you know what, let me do a little soul searching because I'm having an existential crisis. I don't know what to do. And um, I started volunteering. I actually volunteered on a friend of mine's campaign and, and, and I met someone. And so we just started chatting and he's like, wow, you have so much experience with MWBEs. Uh, I'm not even sure what, how I started that conversation. He's like, you should really focus on that. Um, even though, you know, marketing has always been, you know, what I was doing when I worked in corporate and even at the nonprofit, but adding that differentiator of the marketing with the MWB certification was in his mind, something different. And, um, due to the nature of his business, he was doing a lot of lobbying on Long Island. He's like, wow, we need that. So yeah. I started off slow. And I just focused on New York City. Then I started New York State. And then I, I expanded to public and private sector. So I definitely did it in the Virgo methodical yeah. You already know. Like the, the interesting part is, you know, I've been in business now eight years. There's a lot of opportunities that are presented to you. And I was always told, you know, just accept every opportunity if it comes your way. 
But the problem is if you don't understand where your passion lies in that opportunity or what the purpose is in that opportunity, then you're wasting time. You're wasting the other collab potential collaborators time, but you're also wasting your time. And so for me, time is precious. You know, I got two little babies at home, you know, plus my business and my nonprofit. So if it's not really satisfying my purpose or my passion, I can't really move forward with it. Um, as much as, you know, people dangle, what is it, the carrot in front of me, um, it's just, it's not enough to, to feed my soul. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. And the fact of the matter is, right, you know, to, and, and I think that is key, our resources. Uh, and the older I, I get, the, the, the less my resources are. And I say that because I, I do want to focus so much on, on my passion projects. So that's right, really why I've moved away from marketing and I outsource it because mm -hmm. I cannot do it the justice that it deserves. Yeah. Marketing in particular, every day, there's just something new, a new technology, a new um, app, just constantly. And so I would actually be doing a disservice to my clients if I really said that I was the one doing the marketing. What I specialize in today is MWBE certifications and, and establishing those relationships with procurement officers and really doing the business development. And at, with, when it comes to the marketing, you know, I do what is very specific to MWBE. And when they do ask me for something else, I, I, I either say no or, or I outsource it because again, I, I stay in my lane. Yeah, no, I love it. I love it. So we're going to wrap up this episode because um, it's our first one of season four. So I'm super pumped in case you haven't noticed. But what would be two pieces of advice that you would give a young entrepreneur? Because we're seeing young entrepreneurs left and right. And so for me, the thing I tell people is relationships and be organized. Mm -hmm. um, so what are two things that you, two pieces of advice for a young entrepreneur? Yeah, number one is, you know, very practical. Uh, just register your business. I don't care if you're 17, register your business, get your LLC. And that's more for tax purposes. People mm -hmm. just don't understand all the wonderful implications of you having a business. Uh, and then you having it also, the older your business is, the more legitimate it is in the easier it is for you to eventually get contracts or, or move into whatever yeah. route. So that's, that's number one. And number two, you know, don't be hard on yourself. I know I'm, you know, like I said, I, it took me a while to find out what, you know, what I was really passionate about. I was in corporate for 10 and I hated it. Nonprofit yeah. was satisfying, but I knew something was wrong. And then I did that stint for two weeks and I'm like, heck no. And, <laughs> and even today with, with, with Amblin and MWBE times, I'm still honing in on what it is. So just be true to your heart, be true to yourself, and 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 do feel empowered to say no, because not every opportunity is good for you. I love it. I love it. Angelina, thank you so much. You're going to stay on for a second. Uh, for those that are tuning in, we have an amazing roster of podcast guests for this season, literally all over the world will be tuning in. And this is going to really change the focus of 
JMT Media. You know, we've had we've done a lot of internal reflection on where we want to go, what we want to accomplish, who we want to partner with. So we're super excited for this season four. So make sure that you follow us on JMT Media on all social media handles, but also on Spotify and iTunes. And thank you so much, Angelina, for all of your support. And bye, y'all. Bye. <laughs>